It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome, everybody, to the Untold Story podcast. A really special treat for you today because I have Dana Perino, my good friend and colleague, joining me today. So I couldn't be happier, of course, unless you live under a rock. You know that Dana is the co-anchor of America's Newsroom with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. And she's also a co-host of the number one show on Fox, The Five, and a former White House press secretary to George W. Bush and just an all-around great person. She's an author of several books as well well. And she's probably one of the biggest book lovers that I know. So I had what I now think is just a brilliant idea, which was why not do a summer book talk with Dana for the podcast. So thank you for saying yes, Dana. Well, you know, this is my very favorite thing. I wish we could do this all the time. Maybe we can make this more of a, uh, I don't know, I don't want to be greedy, but quarterly, maybe, (laughs) or maybe not, maybe, maybe like once in the winter, once in the summer. (laughs) I think that's a great idea. You are, I should just, Full disclosure, Dana reads way more than I do, and she is she reads you know quickly and avidly, and I'm sort of more of a more of a plotter when I'm reading books. So um, I don't know if that's I, true because I feel like uh, you read a lot, but. I also, um, I don't have three children, <laughs> um, and I find that uh, one of the things, especially, I know your children are, are grown, um, but for friends of ours that have younger children, like they'll say, oh my gosh, how do you do it? I have to read more. I have to read more. And I tell them, you will one day right. when you have a little bit and more think, time. Yeah. And, but I, the thing I can't figure out, because you and I have you know similar work life, um, we both also spend a lot of time reading reading for work mm-hmm. and listening to podcasts and trying to stay on top of everything that's going on in the world. So I'm always amazed that you also seem to be able to carve out time to just devour novels. So that's why I'm so excited to have you here today. And and I do want to um, just jump in with your summer okay. reading list and ask you a little bit about um, what you've been reading this summer and what has stood out for you. And I also just want to mention off the top that you, you love novels. I'm much more of a nonfiction reader. Um, So I always love to hear from you about what you, what you're loving this summer. So I, um, I, I actually think that one of the things for me that is a little bit of a deficit is I don't read as many nonfiction books as I would like. Um, I do try to get, I probably alternate a little bit. Um, One of the things I always seem to try to do right now is I have one hard copy book that I read, one audible book that's ongoing and that can be fiction or nonfiction. I used to never do fiction audiobooks, but I've changed because the narration mm. has improved so much and I love it's like story time and I can mm, do that yeah. and then I will have a nonfiction one going so we'll, we can talk about the ones I have going on now at the when we can but I feel that 2023 has been an excellent reading year for me um I think it was 2021 might have been the year that I was sort of down on everything. I didn't really love anything, but this year has been great. My One of my favorites that I read this year is certainly not my... I'm not the only one who loved it because it won the Pulitzer Prize, and it's called Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. And I, have you read this one yet? 
I haven't. I know that I heard you and one of our other colleagues, Lori, talking about it, and um, I know that it's just a huge hit. Tell me about tell me about the book. You know, tell tell anybody who's listening why this is a book that they would want because it, it, I believe it's very long, which is always a factor for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's not as long as the so, other one I'm going to tell you about, which was almost right, twice as long. But so Barbara Kingsolver is a very interesting author, and I I do recommend her, a podcast interview she did with Ezra Klein that I listened to over the weekend. Hmm. I first read her in the late 90s, I believe. Um, She wrote a book called The Bean Trees, which was about a girl, a young woman who had grown up in Appalachia but was living in Tucson. And she stumbled across this little girl who's been abandoned and she's uh, of Native American descent and she can't just leave the little girl and then she wants to adopt her and it's the story about her journey. And Barbara Kingsolver Mm. writes these big sweeping novels. She wrote the Poisonwood Bible. That's another one people might be familiar Mm -hmm. with. So so often when I hear of an author that I love or whose books I've loved, if they have a new one coming out, I think I better get on top of that. I have to tell you, Demon Copperhead did not grab me as a title. I don't like to read about demonic things. So I thought, well, I don't really want to read this. Um, but this book is set in the mountains of southern Appalachia. Uh, Demon Copperhead is a story of a boy who was born to a teenaged single mother and a single wide trailer. Uh, they have nothing. There's no dad around. The father had died. Um but the, but the young boy looks like his late father. He had copper-colored hair. And where his father died was called something demon something. So anyway, he gets the name of demon, and then Copperhead is the last name. What I did not know until I finished the book is that it follows the story of David Copperfield, written by Charles Dickens. Mm. I only knew that later, and then I look back and go, oh, okay, but why did I love this book? First of all, you fall in love with the character. If I have a hard time, if, in, if I'm reading a book and I don't like or I'm not fond of any of the characters, if I'm not rooting for anybody, then I usually don't like the book. This one, this kid, he's got a way with words. He tries to be good. He is a good kid, and he wants to get out of his situation, but he's not really sure what his situation is. And eventually, this is a story about a life that is marked by poverty and violence and eventually addiction. And the opioid crisis really took hold there in Appalachia, and it gave me a better understanding of how that happened. And what was going on for those families that were already dealing with a lot of other problems like unemployment, for example. But the opioid crisis really takes hold there and you learn more about it. And what I will say about the book is that there's a gentle, happy ending. Mm. So it's it's not a, a completely depressing book, but you do learn a lot. I remembered I was talking to somebody who said, oh, it just sounds so like it's depressing. I said, but it is reality. And these are our fellow Americans and we need to understand it better. So sometimes I learn about the issues that we'll cover on Fox uh, through books like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it sounds I don't know. Did you, did you read Glass, The Glass Castle? I did read The Glass Castle. It's very much yeah. like The Glass Castle. I mean, is it? Yeah. And it, it reminds me of that. I, I remember um, feeling that way about that book, that it was so difficult and dark and sad, but it was also so eye-opening mm-hmm. about poverty mm-hmm. in America. And um, and I do feel like when you read a book like that, it brings you closer to stories that we, that we yeah. cover and gives us a, a deeper understanding of, of of what people are really going through, which is, which is great. The Untold Story continues right after this. 
Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And this is a book that stays with me. And I think that for other yeah. people that have read it too, you're like, wow, I wonder what Demon's doing now. And, I, and you just kind of wish him well. I sort of felt that way a couple of years ago when I read um, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. I think about Eleanor all the time. I wanted to be her best friend. I'm like, Where is Eleanor and how is she? Oh, yeah. I mean, what an amazing gift to be able to write a character that is completely, you know, out of your out of your head, develop this person that people fall in love with. And that's pretty amazing. As I'm reading, I'm always thinking, how do they do that? Because I read a ton. Yeah. As you mentioned, I've written a couple of books. You've written an amazing book. And I have no idea how to write a novel. Absolutely none. Don't even know where to begin. I bet you will someday, Dana. Maybe. We'll, we'll try. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was the other one? You said there's another book. That's the other book I would mention, which was even longer than Demon Copperhead. Um, it is, I, it's an epic book. It is called The Covenant of Water by Abraham Vergesi. This is a man who was born in India, but became a doctor, became a surgeon, came to America, had to redo a lot of his certifications. And he worked in the southern part of the United States, taking care of men with HIV who had grown up in the South. And then because their lifestyle, if they were gay men, was not accepted there, they had gone to other places. A lot of them had moved to San Francisco, but now they had moved back to be taken care of by their families. And he was their doctor. And so he wrote a nonfiction book about that, which was incredible. And Laura Bush, when she was first lady, found out about him and found out about his work. And then he wrote a novel called Cutting for Stone, which is one of my very favorites. But his new novel is called The Covenant of Water. It is an epic book about a family in the southern part of India. And it takes start. It starts at the turn of the century in, in the early 1900s, and there's a 12 year old girl from Kerala, is what it's called, and that is along as this existing Christian community there, and it's small, but I guess in India, it would be <laughs> percentage wise, it's small, but there's a lot of people there that are Christian in this area, and she is matched to a 40 year old man who had just become a widower, and you think that this is going to be uh, pretty terrible, but her life turns out to be pretty amazing. But it's even hard to describe this book in this way because it is so sweeping in all the different characters. It goes through an entire four generations of people. Um, She ends up being called Big Amachi, which is like Big Mama, even though she was tiny, but she was the mother to so many. And it has a lot to do with medical care and surgical care and love and triumph and grief and getting through it. And it also ends on a gentle high note. And it was beautiful. It's over 700 pages. So it looks too daunting even to begin, but it's broken up into eight different sections. So it's like almost like reading eight little books. And I highly recommend it. Oprah Winfrey said this is in the top three books she's ever read in her life. Mm, wow. Well, that, oh, that, yeah. And it sounds like an amazing story. Sounds like an amazing Beautiful. story. And I like to read about India. Um, yeah. I would like to read more about India. I um, The book that I've been reading all summer, basically, is an old book. Um, as you know, I went to Israel earlier this summer, and we just had an incredible experience. We went with about 15 people and traveled all over Israel, really on a Holy Land pilgrimage trip from, you know, site to site, from the Sea of Galilee and Jerusalem and the Dead Sea and all of it. And 
And at, when we were on our travels, um, the person who was talking to us and, and guiding us along the way pointed to this mountain off to the right. It was a plateau off to the right. And he said that that was the inspiration for the book, The Source by James Michener. And he mm-hmm. wrote about Macor, which is what he calls it. It's a, it. I mean, this is actually a fiction book, but it's a historical fiction book, which is definitely a, a place that I go to a lot when I'm looking for books. And so it's this incredible story that Michener wrote. And I had never read a Michener book before. He wrote, obviously, Hawaii and all those books. He wrote a lot in the 1950s and 60s. And the book is about how that mountain, it wasn't really a mountain. It was formed by eight or nine different civilizations uh, from cavemen through, you know, the Greeks, Hebrews, and he kind of layers the family stories through the telling of this English archaeologist who goes there to do a dig. And they start obviously at the top level, but then it keeps hopping back and forth between all of the residents of Macor. And it's, it's just, it's really, really interesting. It's a great history lesson. Sounds fabulous. Almost a thousand pages long. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I know I wanted to ask you about how you read, because in order to tackle this book, I have put it, um, I have the hard copy. I have like an original from 1961 or whatever it was. Awesome. And then I have, um, I have it on my Kindle and then I also have it on my audio (laughs) and I have them sync so that I can, you know, read 20 pages or something here and there so that I can make it through. But, um, so I've kind of employed an all, all of the above strategy to read I it love that. I, I haven't done that yet where you have the audiobook and the hard copy uh, or the Kindle version at the same time. I think that's very smart, um, especially if you have a, a, a commute. One of the reasons I thought I could get through the Covenant of Water, I was going to save it for the fall because it felt more, it, I don't know, when you look at the cover, it almost feels like more something you would want to read starting in October. But right. I had a long flight uh, five hours each way over a long weekend a couple of weeks ago. I said, instead of watching a movie, uh, I, let me just dig into this book. And so that's one of the ways that I did that. I do read pretty quickly. I'm not a speed reader. I, I wish that I were a speed reader um, because I think that would be great. Um, I do listen to my audiobooks at 1.5 speed. Um, yes. Unless the narrator is, I am too. yes, unless the narrator is really um, fast, I can. I find that I can speed things up a bit. Yeah, the narration. As you were funny when you said before that um, you didn't used to like to listen to audiobooks, but now the narration is so much better. And um, this book, the source, is not that situation. It's a very plodding narration, and so after a while, I had to speed it up a little bit um, to to get to get. Through, um, yeah, he was he was speaking very slowly. I just listened um, to a book called "The Last Thing He Told Me" by Laura Dave, which is apparently now a Hulu series. I didn't know that. It's a Reese Witherspoon book. And I read that. It's a quick little mystery. And I like to read that sort of like a palate cleanser at a dinner. So after the covenant of water, I was like, I need a minute, (laughs) but I needed a book to read. And one of my favorite moments in my life ever since I was a little kid was finishing a book and then knowing that the next night I get to choose a new one. <laughs> and, that, and like, what's it going to be? Because my I have you know lots of them stacked up on the nightstand. Like, which one am I going to choose next? I love that. I remember that feeling, too, because you do um, 
dig in and you get so close to a book and you're almost sad when it ends mm-hmm. if you love it. And you're right. Then you get to say, and I remember when I was a kid going to the library to get books out. And mm-hmm. so being excited that I could go to the library and pick two or three new books to bring home. Oh, my mom would um, get so mad because we, we were allowed to pick out, I think, five books at a time. And then mm-hmm. by the time we got home, I'd already read two. And she was like, oh. Oh, my gosh, Dana. <laughs> and I'll never forget when my dad found a used bookstore on Colorado Boulevard near the Dairy Queen. No, near, near the Dolly Madison. Did you have Dolly Madison on the East Coast? It was a Dolly Madison was like a, I, so. I guess, kind of like Dunkin' Donuts, but like old-fashioned kind. Um, right. And there was a used bookstore next door, and I could go in, and I could get... My dad was basically like, go for it, like whatever you want. And I would get books for 25 cents. <laughs> that is And I used great. to back, this is funny too, when I, I met Peter on a plane in 1997 and then we, we, we had travels a little bit together. I remember when we went to Africa for, that, for those four weeks after the White House, I took one of my carry-ons was just books. <laughs> and he carried it the whole time. I mean, that is love for sure. That is, yeah, that was pre-Kindle, I guess. I don't know what I was thinking. Why did I do that? <laughs> yeah, and then I have a question. So when you read them, do you then, um, do you leave it or, or do I you pass bring it, it all home? No, I, the New York apartment's too small. We've tra- We've moved too many times and... There are some books I'm like, okay, I, I do want this one back. But usually what I do is I bring them to work and I'll, for example, post show meetings at America's newsroom, um, I will say, who wants it? And usually someone yeah. will raise their hand or like with the covenant of water, your our colleague, Lori Fry, who works with you, um, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I texted her a, co- a copy, a picture of the cover. And I said, are you interested? And she's like, yes. So yeah. I dropped it off on her desk. And then I think she's like, wait, this thing is big, <laughs> but I, um, I do try to pass them on. And I also love, obviously, cause I'm talking nonstop. I love talking about books, all books. And so I want other people to read the books that I've read so that we can talk about them. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so much fun. And, um, I know, uh, yeah, Lori, and you've, you've dropped off books for me too. You, in fact, you just gave me one that is based in Cape Cod where yes, we, it's called um, the last book party. A, yeah. And uh, yeah, you, what, have you noticed there's one. so many books are about the book publishing industry? It's so funny. Yes. <laughs> but like the one so, I gave you, which I read in the spring, that little yes. reader, which was, did you read that one by mm-hmm. Alan Bennett? I loved that. Yes. And in, in that book, and then it made me want to read like all the other books that were mentioned in there. Yes, I know. Absolutely. Because it's about Queen Elizabeth and it's, it's fiction, but it's just this kind of idea that she has this little book truck that travels around the neighborhood outside of Windsor Castle and she wanders onto it one day and she doesn't really consider herself a reader. And she kind of picks one of the books and then she becomes so obsessed with reading that they can't get her to do her events and ceremonies because she's always tucked away <laughs> finishing a book. I just thought it was adorable. It's by Alan Bennett, who's also written some fabulous plays uh, over the years, and he's a super witty writer, and uh, I love that little One book. audio book I, I like wanted to also. recommend to you and to your yeah. listeners is one. So did you watch the show called The Offer on Netflix? Yeah. Okay, so that's about the making of... Uh, the Godfather. Godfather. Yeah. So Greg Gutfeld, who ha- has recommended several books to me, I had mentioned that I really liked the show. And he says, oh, then you should read the autobiography of Robert Evans. So oh, Robert Evans was book. the producer. Yes. The kid stays in the picture. Have you read that? 
Yes, it's amazing. I, so I listen yeah. to it, and Robert Evans reads it himself oh, in yes, that voice. voice. It's unbelievable. I absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah, that's a great that's a great book. I loved it too. I actually saw it at a friend's house recently, and they had sort of this vintagey mm. edition of it that had this vintagey cover of him sitting by a pool in Los Angeles. And Robert Evans obviously was this you know big time TV movie producer in Los Angeles. He was married to Ali McGraw. He lived this super glamorous life and knew everybody, Steve McQueen, and all these people. So it is it's a fantastic story. I completely recommend that one too. Um, I wanted to ask you about. Um, you know, sort of TikTok and and book clubs and these authors who became really popular during COVID. And I, I, you know, way more about this than I do. So Colleen Hoover is one of them. And I guess she's just, and I asked my daughter who reads. Your daughter reads a lot. Yeah, she loves to read and um, she loves your recommendations. So I said to her before we talked, you know, who's Colleen Hoover? She's like, mom, how do you not know who Colleen Hoover is? I know. No, I didn't either. I didn't know. And I'm not on TikTok and... And I think that one of the things that's happening, and I've heard this from publishers, is that you don't know what is going to take off on TikTok. You just literally don't know. This is happening in the music industry, too, especially I'm more familiar with the country music songwriters and performers. And right now, the publishers are saying if you don't have a big following on TikTok and the possibility of going viral on TikTok, they won't sign you. And I think Colleen Hoover and she has I saw an interview with her where she said she understands like what happened here, that it was just Mm. by chance. Frankly, I don't like her books. And I don't usually say Mm, that mm -hmm. because I, if I don't like a book, I usually don't say anything publicly. But like Colleen Hoover, I, everyone started talking about it all of a sudden. I'm like, I'm pretty familiar with authors. I don't know who this is. Um, But TikTok or book talk, as they call it, it can be quite a thing. And I don't know how that changes. But one of the ways that I find out, I I don't really get too many recommendations from TikTok because I'm not on it that much. I find things like um, some of these independent bookstores have terrific newsletters, email, like email newsletters that they send out. They'll say, here's some hot books that are coming out. There's one, there's a bookstore out on... um, I believe it's in Huntington, New York. They do a good one. And then the one bookstore I'm very friendly with is called the Little Point Bookshop in Point Pleasant Beach. Uh, they, oh, yeah. They have uh, you know little newsletters that go out. And so I have a notes page in my phone for books to read or I'll hear from people. I like to look at those, um, like, for example, when the Wall Street Journal does this, the best books of the winter or summer, you know, they do that seasonally. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. keep a list of those. The book I'm so excited about, and I think it comes out today, and I believe I pre-ordered it from the bookstore, is Ann Patchett's newest book is coming out, I think, oh, today. Oh, yeah, she's great. Yes. My all-time um, favorite book that I recommend to everybody is The Patron Saint of Liars, and that was her book that she wrote when she was 26. And I still, I stand by that book. I actually recently listened to the audio of that book and loved it, too. So whenever she has a new book coming out, I get excited. Yeah, that's, um, I'm going to put that on my list. I'm going to put both of those on my list. Um, one of the books that I'm looking forward to reading, which has been on my pile, um, is called The Marriage That Saved the Monarchy by Sally Bedell Smith. And she wrote an amazing, I think she wrote the preeminent biography of, of Queen Elizabeth. It's very well done. And, you know, it, it's a source for so many other things that, um, you know, the crown and all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she wrote a book about Queen Elizabeth and King George the Sixth. 
um, Queen Elizabeth being his his wife, um, the Queen Mother, most people would think of her as, and uh, how they sort of how they saved the monarchy. So I'm looking forward to that. That's on my historical is fiction my is bio. kind of my first love. I one thing I didn't put down on this piece of paper as I prepared, but something I recommend to everyone, especially if you're a big reader, the Dorothy Dunnett series, the House of Nicolo series, is astounding. She's now posthumously Dame Dorothy Dunnett. And this is a series of books that will take you all around the world starting in the sort of early 1400s. It's Mm. so good. And there's seven books in the series. And uh, Niccolo is the main character and he's just the hero of everything and the guy everybody wants to be with. (laughs) Cool. Well, Dana, thank you so much. So I think everybody has some really great ideas. Well, I want to thank you for one thing before you let me go. Um, You gave me a book that I'm loving right now. You called it the book of the summer. It's called the book of Charlie. And I believe you did a podcast with the author. It is so good. I'm I'm not reading. I'm not rushing it. I'm taking notes. I love it so much. Yeah, it's a great story. David Drail wrote it and I did a podcast with him earlier in this summer. He's a great reporter and writer and he it's about him sort of landing in Kansas and deciding, you know, he and his family decide they're going to leave Washington, D.C. and go live in Kansas. And Charlie is the man who is across the street. I love the early description of Charlie. He's washing his car without his shirt on and he looks, you know, really like swashbuckling out there and he's 95 or 6 years old at the time and that's just sort of the beginning point but um, I'm so glad you mentioned that book because that is another one that I did get in this summer, which I loved. So, Tom Lake is the Tina? Tom Lake is the title of the new Ann Patchett, and it comes out oh, August first. Okay. So we're a week away. <laughs> get ready, everybody. We know what's going to be in your in your beach bag. Oh yes, yes. Thank you for letting um, me talk about books. Thank you, Tina. We'll do it again. I'm so grateful for your time and your friendship, and I'm so happy we got a chance to do this. Take care. Okay. You thank soon. you. Bye. Bye, Dana. You've been listening to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Make sure to rate and review. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with the Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.